Hey, welcome back to the Infos Podcast. This is Brian. I'm Vengeance. Wait, I thought you said your name was Batman. <laughs> I'm Vengeance. And Batman? This is so confusing. Can you just go by one name? Dude, my name is Vengeance, okay? Let's go. Let's just let's just move on. <laughs> oh, the, how it should have ended for the Batman was hilarious. <laughs> so, um, and it was great because now I don't have to watch it. So I was about to say, did you even no, never, watch the never, middle never, hour and fifty no, or never, hour forty? I, I never went back to the hour and fifty-five minutes that I missed. So, oh, uh, because yeah. yeah, why? Um. Anyway, welcome to the show. This is episode three sixty-six, and we're going to deal with the slapping fallout. Because just a couple weeks ago, in episode 332, we talked about the slapping where Chris Rock got smacked in the face by that cuck Will Smith. And now, at a Dave Chappelle show, somebody rushed the stage and tried to stab him. So we're going to talk about that ad nauseum. But before we talk about that, uh, one, sorry we missed you guys last week. Life got in the way. Um, to paraphrase, to paraphrase, paraphrase Jeff Goldblum, life gets in the way. Um, you know, instead of life finds a way, life gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just didn't laugh, and I thought that was very funny. Uh, <laughs> laugh at me, Daryl. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. That's what we need. Um, you need to laugh. It's at my, real. My, my <laughs> that's the realest laugh you've ever heard. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah. So we uh, we're gonna talk about the whole uh, the whole fun thing that is Superman and Lois. Um, the last two episodes, which actually works out because it was essentially one episode. So now we we don't have to like worry about breaking that up. Unfortunately, what we do have to worry about is another break. So if anyone from the CW is listening to this, I hope to God you lose this show. You don't deserve it. Oh, It's too good for you. And if they can't put it on Hobo Max, put it on fucking TNT, put it on TBS, put it on Hulu. One of the other things that Warner Brothers isn't involved in and tell the CW to go fuck themselves. Yes. Plain and simple. Yes. So anyway, uh, okay. So this, um, we have episode C or season two, episode 10 bizarros in a bizarro world. Uh, and also episode season two, episode 11 truth and consequences. Um, yeah. Do you want to just start? Yeah, so I I loved how I, I've we've always wanted to get we got that oh, what a couple episodes before this when you saw that the musical little um that scene with when we saw Bizarro Superman mm-hmm. getting ready to go through and we saw a little like a fraction of what was going on in Bizarro World. Right. This time we get everything, mm-hmm. and and it is great. It's great to see it's almost like that else worlds what if like we're again i'm they never mentioned them and based on the fact that he's buying a farm 
he, this is Cal L. This is not Clark Kent. Right. He, he never met the Kents. No, he was never. He was never a Kent. And he was always. An I, I, and I like this because some of the things he does are very out of character for him, even if it was a Elseworld type thing. Right. Where he starts taking a kryptonite. That's not something Clark would do. And I love just seeing he has so many similarities from our, with our Clark, but then there's ma- major differences too. And I, I just really like the, the idea of seeing him, seeing him with Tauro, the, the, like their relationship and the, what the, their the relationship. fraternal relationship where they're, they're brothers who love each other. That was awesome. Yes. That was so great. Yeah. I, and also uh, <laughs> uh, Lana as a bartender, that was pretty funny uh, or a, uh, uh, a hostess at a bar. Yeah, it was ironic considering, like, you know, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was the same bar. Yeah, it could have been. So, I don't know. It was just funny. So, so I really like that. I really like the idea that he was all about He, he was all about that superhero and fame life yeah. of being Kal-El. And, he, yeah. and then, when, then when you get to see Jonathan, our, our, our resident Superboy. Yeah. One, like, just real quick, the, the, the fact that he was in the red pants and the black leather jacket with, yes. the, with this, you know, with the shield underneath was awesome. It was, it was such a, it was such a great use of that. And then, um, I liked how he had the earrings, but did you know, like, so in the comics they were gold, um, but they were black, which I thought actually like helped. Yeah, I, like, I did. Yeah, I think so. Cause too. it helped with the guy liner and, <laughs> and all of that. And, you know, uh dating the supermodel and it was just so this the okay one um so bizarro and a bizarre world episode 10 was directed by lewis shaw melito and it was written by brett fletcher and ty helbing um and i i just gotta say i loved the structure of the flashbacks in this because it wasn't always going back to like the start of something because then it went character by character but it yeah, went back to right. like an important moment for that character, which I thought was really, really good. Um, yeah. And then ending, um, well, you know, we thought Anderson was dead, which we find out like what happened there, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing with, um, the pendants in Allie, um, who spoiler alert merges with her other self and then sends, John L to go back to earth prime. Yeah. And I, I will say at first, I, when, when you got the first, the second chapter card of who, whose story it was for a second, I, I kind of rolled my eyes, but as it played out, I really appreciated the way they did it because to your point, we didn't just get, okay, this this person's we got this person's story and then when they meet up with this person with ghost no it was like you said important aspects so for instance with Tauro, you got the fact that him and clark are at this bar mm-hmm. and clark is saying hey lois is gonna have we're gonna have a, you know you're gonna be an uncle right and then he then he meets lana and then you, you go back to them getting married and all of this stuff in them getting married, let's like let's like stop for a second. Like this was never like a Morgan Edge version of the character either. He was very he had a lot of self doubt, um, right? You know, so it, it would have been nice to see maybe a little bit of a flashback to what it was like 
with him as a kid because when we got the flashbacks in season one of how horrible his how he essentially had the flashpoint superman version of his life um Mm -hmm. you know it'd been interesting to see like what his life was like as like until clark got there um i think the other cool thing was his fortress was laura laura uh or was was the mom was their mom yeah so and i i like where one of the things is that you have that moment when Clark is really, or I should say, no, Kal El is like really getting that hopped up on that kryptonite. And man, that scene when Lois leaves, yeah, when Lois leaves him, Lois and uh, Jordan. Jordan leave him, and then you have where Tao Ro comes in, and yeah, you know, later on, mm-hmm. and this is when they're talking about the whole you know alley thing and. Right. Uh, and Cal is 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 like basically pleading with him, and Tauro's like, well, basically, well, he says Lana's into this, and you know she might, you know, just he's he's stuck in that place between you know his his new family, his wife, mm-hmm. and you know his brother, and the way it comes back around and how it affects what he does with Clark, yeah, is great. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is the fact that like John goes so far off the rails um, mm-hmm. because he doesn't have the foundation of two loving parents, um, and he didn't have there like the Kent's influence right is what needs to be felt or felt through throughout Superman to have the humanity and this this is a an L family even even Lois to some extent some aspect without humanity. Um, but I, it was just, it was such a, it was just a, such a cool look at like what the Bizarro world was, which is something we had wanted to see. We had only gotten glimpses of it, and you know when when Jonathan showed up at the uh, the end of episode nine, right? It's like, okay, what is what's going on here? We had no idea he was already evil. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't even like. Did you did you expect it to go the way it did with him? No, I did. Right. I, I I wasn't sure where they were going with it. And if you said he, the one thing I could say, I, I could have maybe theorized possibly, I would not have thought that he would have been in line with Allie. That's, right. that's one thing I can guarantee I wouldn't have thought about. But the way it happened, you know, him get caught mm-hmm. up in this life of, and again, this is, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this is a cult, but in the sense, like the whole Allie thing is a cult. But you see this all the time where people are like, you know, well, I would say Hollywood's a cult, too, in yeah. a way. Well, yeah. But you, you see that you see this a lot where people, you know, kids that don't have the experience and don't necessarily have that strong foundation, because despite having Lois, despite having Kal-El, this is like you said, this is not the Kent. They, they have there's no Kent influence, family influence. So they don't have that strong home foundation. Because Clark is just as caught, or I keep calling Clark, Kal-El is just as caught up in the fame and everything, you know, signing autographs, letting people fall off the buildings while he's taking selfies with people. So it makes sense that this Jonathan or this John L would be caught up in something like that because I, I do think he feels like he's missing something, which let's be honest, in a way, and we've gotten this over the last season and a half, there are times where Jonathan feels like that. 
because he he meant and we'll talk about this later but well, there's i mean hey it, maybe if i had powers you would listen to me so i'm really curious to see how everything you know comes together when we talk a little bit more about episode two or right episode 11 right to be honest but yeah. yeah it was such a i just love that glimpse into this other world and this is what i was talking about i've talked about over you know i've talked about this a couple times where there's some people think that it's poor writing or it's laziness when people do multiverse and things like that and i said no and, and i will i will fight anybody on this or debate anybody on this it's not the subject matter is the talent that is writing it. And that should, that's always the case. Yes. Some ideas are less enthralling than others, but you get a damn good writer, you know, and to put in pad to pen, pencil to pad, they can make something dull be interesting. And, and I think this is, I really like that idea of this seeing Clark or seeing our Clark juxtaposed with the cow L that, that came to, the earth prime and who, who eventually died. And I will say now, because I had a problem when they killed bizarro Superman. So, so early on the way this season has unfolded, I'm okay with it now because of yeah, how everything is unfolded makes sense now. Right. We, we yeah, got it. Right. Like he, he was there to sacrifice himself. Yeah. And it For actually the- makes everything that happened even more sad when you see right. that, he that last meeting he has with Lois and he, him apologizing and you know she's so torn she doesn't even get to hug him to kiss him to say you know I love you or anything like that and that's the last time she sees him right. and so right. it adds it just adds that bit of sadness to everything that happened with him that we didn't have the backstory in those first four episodes that he was in right it was it was just uh i mean it, it just made sense right at the at the end yeah, of the day and, and, and i think i did say that you know i was very i wasn't worried but i should give them the benefit of the doubt but still at the time i was because i liked the character and i wanted to see more of that character and they actually give us more of the character right <laughs> so so yeah it's it was it was great um I really, really, really enjoyed it. I thought, yes, this is this is what we need. And then when we get to, you know, the the last episode where we have John L trying to merge with Jonathan, uh, and and Clark stops it just in time, uh, with that superhero landing, dude. It's all about the superhero <laughs> landing. Um, but. You know, I, here's the interesting thing is because Jonathan wasn't hopped up on kryptonite, he was able to adjust his speech, which was cool. Mm-hmm. When he's like, oh, you're speaking backwards. Like, and I loved how bored he was when he, when he realized that. It yeah. reminded me of Willow. Yeah. Bored now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like that char- the character really reminded me of Dark Willow. Just a bit, you know, not not full on because he wasn't like, well, I guess he was in the world my, maniacal. But um, I also love just how uh, how calculating he was, and um, and with that, the bomb, yeah. and you know when he shows up with uh, like you know to get this Earth's Lana um, because they work together, 
he wanted he missed his PIC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I really yeah, what what you're saying, the you know, how calculating he was, that was one of the first things I said to you after you finished watching it. I loved how he set up the trap with the bomb. He knew that one, he he's not gonna t- be able to take on Clark, especially the longer they're there, the more stronger Clark gets, the weaker he gets. And so I thought that was a brilliant plan that you don't see often with a lot of villains, especially, let's be honest, especially TV villains. Yeah, well, they're usually just one-dimensional, one-mustache twirling. Yeah. You know. Right. And I really, I really enjoyed that. And when speaking of him with that kind of that willow attitude which i never would have thought about and but it it, it it fits right where he sees sarah and he just she's like aren't you going to say anything about the car and it's like that's all right yeah, it's okay. you know i'm I'm, yeah. I'm about lambos right now myself that's really funny yeah so and she's like all right whatever <laughs> jerk <laughs> um but yeah and and then uh how how great was well okay so Jordan on the other Earth was just had a flock of seagulls haircut was super emo, um, kind of like what he would have begun had he become had he not got powers, um, right? And watching Jordan stick up for Jonathan in this episode was one of my favorite parts. Oh, I thought it was great. Like you know, the first time he gets. You know, he gets ragdolled, and then, you know, round two, he's much better prepared for what he has to do. But both times, he doesn't hesitate. No, he's a he's. I mean, he's a hero in every sense of the term. Um, even to the point of having like, like wanting to tell Sarah, and then why does Lois continually get mad at Jonathan for Jordan telling him things, or vice yeah. versa, right? She's like, right. you knew he was going to tell Sarah that he's got powers. And he's like, yeah. And you didn't tell me. Why would I tell you you're my mom? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, you know, that, that she should understand that. She's had, has a sister that, and in granted, they don't, they didn't have their, you know, they had a little bit more of a rocky relationship with the way their mother, you know, what happened with their mom and everything. But right. Yeah, I, I agree. She, this is what the third, third, probably a third or fourth time or something like that. She's done that with uh, Jonathan, who I, I think he's he's come at the end of his tether because we've talked about how well he's handled things for the most part the first season and a half. But right. the, he's, st- I think things are starting to get to him, and he's start. I won't say acting out, but he's not just swallowing that hard pill and then just going in the other room he's really letting things go and I'll, I'll be honest, i would really like for him to get back to a point where he is uh working with john henry i think that would have been so good that yeah i agree the question i have for you yeah and go with everything that's happened to him the last two episodes well not the last two episodes the last four or five episodes with the drugs getting suspended, everybody blaming him for the football team being the football season being canceled, the back and forth with his father and what he says in this episode where he says, 
where Clark tell where Clark mentions, hey, you, you know, you had powers in this set or there's something about the powers. And and then Jonathan says, well, maybe if I had powers here, you would you would actually listen to me. Right. Right. Is there a ch- do you think there's a chance he might make a dumb decision and try to merge with his other self? Maybe I'm not. I, I don't know. I want to say no, that he's not going to do that. But again, at the same time, I have no idea what like what he's capable of. And I, st- I st- and again, this is one of the things I like about I want to know the answer as far as what happens when when one half merges, who controls that or does there become a, a greater self that how does that work when they merge? Because we never see that with Ali, although I don't think that's a good example because Al, the two Allies seem to be more in lockstep with one another. I would love to see an example of it where, or I will say, R. Jordan versus John L. or R. John, John, Jonathan versus John L. There's a, def, a definitive difference in personalities and, and their choices. How, how would, when, if they merged, would there be a dominating personality or would they just seamlessly coalesce together? That's one of the questions I just I really want to have answered. Hope hope to have answered by the end of the season. And I yeah, I don't know if he will do that. I can't I I think and I think we might see this in six months when the next episode arrives. Okay, that's a little bit <laughs> in thirty two weeks. A little bit, in thirty two weeks yeah. when we see that. Yeah. But I think that might be something that even if it's a fleeting moment he thinks about as far as what, how things will be different if I actually had powers. I mean, he's already right. said it, but I think there, he's going to have to make it. I think Jonathan might have to make a choice somewhere down the line. And I think it's fitting because just of what he's gone through over these past few weeks. And when I say few weeks, I should say past few episodes. Right. Uh, about, and, and he has to, there has to be an important decision for him to make, whether that's saying no, whether that's breaking that amulet, something has to happen in this story for him to have a big impact just just based on the stuff he's gone through in his little right drug arc or what have you hmm. yeah um and, and clark getting caught up with him too was interesting right because like we had that great clark and lana scene where you know lana is like oh you're back and he's like what oh oh yeah i, I was away it was fine <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh, oh, it was fine. You're gone a month, and then his, and again, Clark is not uh, what you would call a smooth liar. No, and like his his discomfort in that entire thing, not just because of he sees John L, right, but just being put on the spot by Lana and knows that you know his reaction to all of that, and then Lana's reaction. He's thinking, "Damn, I I really flubbed it up," and. Then he finally finds out when he talks to Lois right. about the time differential, which I thought was another yeah. nice little touch. And he's like a day, maybe I was gone and it's been a month or 33 days. Right. It was just like, oh, and so time moves. How long were you there? Like, I don't know, like a day. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was just really good. Yeah. So um, I think the other, the other thing was like, getting John Henry like Natalie has become such a better character um, than when she first showed up and, and like the two of them working together. Um, but I mean, he's definitely going to have some sustained brain damage at the end of this season. 
how how does he not like after uh lana just or bizarro lana just just ping ponged his head against rock just back and forth (laughs) it was like pong but his head yeah um and i love now i think what did we learn (laughs) don't leave home without the hammer (laughs) so uh and yeah and and again after watching because i get i watched this on youtube tv so i saw some of the commercials and i saw a commercial for this tom swift character who again is a race swapped character from a serial of books uh a books book serial back in the 1910s or something like that. Yeah. And this character appeared on Nancy Drew ah. and I couldn't help, but I, again, I have no idea how this character is other than that stupid quote that they had about him Yeah. that I showed you. Yeah. But, and I, and I couldn't help but think and watching Natalie and my frustration with, and I'm with most minority characters and the reason why they are so bad usually is because all they are are caricatures of what the writers think this black person or this Asian or whatever should act. I love Natalie because, again, at first I didn't like her and it had nothing to do with that. I just didn't like how she was approaching things. I, But she's become a fully formed character. Yeah. And I like that little smile at the end when her dad, when um, John Henry's like, you know, what? I have an idea. You know, you've done enough. And she has her own little plans. And, and I like that. Yeah. And she's an example. This is an example of how you put insert new characters, not Absolutely. just new characters. Yep. New characters, because again, white or black, a lot of times new characters suck because people don't write them right. Correct. A new character, a female character, a, a, character a minority yeah. character. Yes. All of that stuff. And she's done right because she's not perfect. She sometimes has attitude. Mm-hmm. But she feels like a fully formed character and not just a checkbox on somebody's little cheat sheet. Right. All right. So for episode 10 out of five flashbacks, what do you give the episode? Well, I'm, I'm just going to go spoiler alert. I, I'm giving both of these four and a half. Okay. Uh, they, are, they are two parts of a whole, one yeah. half of a whole, and then go together. They go together right. And you're, you're right. This, Even though we missed last week, the fact that these episodes go together so well. It couldn't be more of a two-hour episode if we asked for it. Yes. So, all right. So, uh, out of five flashbacks, I give it a 4.5 as well. And then for episode 11 out of five, I'm not crying, you're crying's. Um, Because, you know, it may or may have gotten dusty when he told Lana that he was Superman. And that's what, and and we forgot to talk about that for a quick second. But yeah. The importance of, him coming home and telling, asking his family, and he doesn't even get it out when they say, yeah. "Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and tell, her. tell her." And yeah, watching that, yeah, that that gave me goosebumps. Like just, yeah, her watching him float in the air and him doing the little. I know he was floating and he didn't even have a one wheel. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I actually um, am breaking my rule, and I gave the second half a five out of five. Whoa! Look at you. I loved it. It was great. I've watched. Oh, it I loved twice. it too. Yeah, I watched it two and a half times. Um, yeah, I've watched it twice. And too. like you know, I, I messaged you. I was like, "Hey, I." Uh, or when we talked, I was like, "You know, might might may or may not have gotten dusty in here." <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was I was uh, I was there for it. It was great. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I uh, I can't. I, I'm sad. I have to wait like a month to see it. 
Yeah, I was going to say that's what's making me really cry. Is yeah. Having to wait almost uh, almost a month to get it back. So, yep. yeah, like you said earlier before we started. Yeah. CW, they don't deserve this show. No, they do not. They really don't. No, absolutely. You know what? Take it from them. Keep the creative team. Yeah. And then throw it up on HBO Max. Hobo Max is where it needs to go. All right. So Dave Chappelle is in the news again. Um, and this time for something that happened at a comedy special, which I am linking right back to Will Smith. Yes. Right? Right. So uh, I've got I've got four articles, all from The Hollywood Reporter. So not being biased, not looking at anything, but Dave Chappelle attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl. 23-year-old man uh, arrested for suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon. Um, so around 10.40 p.m. the other night at the L.A. Bowl, um, David, uh, Dave, David, Dave Chappelle, young David, was taking part in the uh, Stand Up and Laugh um, Netflix uh, tapings that they did at the uh, at the Hollywood Bowl, and some twenty three year old dude whose name I'm not going to repeat. It's out there; you can find it if you want it. Um, jumped up on stage, charged Dave Chappelle. He had in his possession a fake gun. He had a fake handgun. Um, but the thing about this gun is it could, it was like, basically it was like one of our, like our automatic knives where it would, mm -hmm. it would release a blade so you could stab somebody with it. Um, so he charged the stage, actually got hands on Chappelle. Yeah. Laid hands on Dave Chappelle and he, uh, you know, Chappelle kind of like brushed him off. Could you imagine if that dude did that to like. Joe Rogan or, uh, you know, oh. some like, you know, someone like Chris Rock now. Chris Rock's, I, I assume Chris Rock just has a gun with him on stage at all times. And if someone gets up and rushes, he's just going to be like, bam. <laughs> um, but yeah, so allegedly it was a, uh, like this was about like a trans joke or something. Um, and, you know, his last special, The Closer, all these people, we talked about this, but all these people protested. And they're like, oh, it's anti-trans. And like, actually, it's not. Uh, if you bother to go watch it and listen to what he says, he's talking about his trans friend that died. Yeah. If anything, it's like, hey, look, this person, this trans person and I had like major beef when we first met. And we buried that. And I gave them a huge opportunity to be better, not because they were trans, because they were actually funny. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So anyway, so this dude attacks him. Um, Chris Rock was actually there, and he came out, and he was like, was that Will Smith? <laughs> Which was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, thought, I mean, like, that like, was funny. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is on Will Smith. What did I tell you? What did I tell you after the Oscars? Oh, yeah, that this... Well, not just what he did, but the reaction to it by his by his other Hollywood elites yeah. would cause something like this to happen. So, yeah. like it was only it wasn't going to be if it was going to be a matter of time when right. something like this happened. Right. 
And, you know, so then the next article that we have on here is nobody's safe. Dave Chappelle attack raises concerns for, for, for performers. The Chappelle and Chris Rock incidents are raising questions about safety of performers and whether Americans can still take a joke. No, they can't. Um, most Americans no. are leftist pussies right now. Anyway. Uh, it says here, perhaps the biggest reoccurring theme in the comedy over the last several years has been stand-ups lamenting that performer, performing is no longer a creative safe space. Some fans are policing edgy content, ever ready to tweet about a performer who makes a joke that crosses a perceived line. Many have taken to confiscating phones before performances, perhaps convinced the biggest threat they faced, uh, they faced were secretly hidden galaxies and iPhones. But the stage is increasingly seeming like an unsafe space in a far more literal sense. The world was shocked as Will Smith assaulted Chris Rock on stage. Oh, correct, assaulted. He should. There should have been charges pressed against his elite ass, elitist ass. And uh, for all these people who, who complain about white privilege, nah, bro. There, it's it's not about black or white. It's about class. And he's got. It's he's all, got, and it's all. He's got multi-millionaire privilege. So, mm-hmm. um, assaulted on stage at the Oscars in March. In another breach of stage security, albeit not a comedian being attacked for a performance, but Olivia Wilde was confronted at CinemaCon in Las Vegas last month by a processor serving issued custody papers from Jason Sudeikis, who says he was unaware that the documents were being served in such a fashion. Now, here's the thing. The reason that the documents were served in such a fashion is because they obviously couldn't find her, and they knew exactly where she was going to be. And, you know, in order to let have a lawsuit go forward and, and move forth, you have to you have to serve physically, like these are things yes. that have been true since you know the eighteen hundreds when when this process was made, and it's the only way that you can say yes I've seen yes they have seen these papers yes they know what's going on, uh, all right so and then on Tuesday Chappelle was assaulted by an armed man who rushed the stage armed armed man who who. Um, Rush the stage during his Hollywood set. Oh, it's called Netflix is a joke, which is kind of funny when you think about it. That is really funny. It, when it you should think be about ne- it. Netflix stock price is a joke. Um, but yeah, so here after the Oscars, several comics in our podcast voiced concern that Smith's actions could result in additional stage attacks. Now we all have to worry about who wants to be the next Will Smith in comedy clubs and theaters. And, and of, of all people, Kathy Griffin is talking about this. It's like, look, Kathy Griffin hasn't been attacked on stage yet. I think she's probably safe because one, she's not funny and two, nobody's going to watch her. Um, she's, I mean, she's just a horrible person. She's awful. Just awful. Yes. Um, it says here, the worry seemed like it was unwarranted. The Oscar incident looked like a shocking outlier, but then Chappelle's assault, uh, but then with the Chappelle assault, there's a rising concern about the safety of live performers. And absolutely, like if you don't like a musician, like if you don't like, like security is going to have to be beefed up so much. Any general admission stuff, they're going to have to be like 20 or 30 feet from the stage. Yeah. There's going to have to be an ocean of space between them where if someone jumps, like, you know, unless it's like Usain Bolt, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not running that 20 feet to the stage without getting tackled first. And this is not, and, and before we continue, this is not something new as far. And when I say not something new is people getting on fields. We've seen this all the time. Now, most of the time, these people are just drunk assholes, just trying to get on camera. However, and I know you'll remember this is back in the early nineties when the guy got on the court and stabbed Monica Sellis. Yeah. Right in the back. And that, 
yeah, that absolutely derailed what was uh, what's going to be could be what is going to be a promising career. No, no. Luckily, she, she it was already a promising career. It derailed yeah. what would have made her the all time best tennis uh, uh, player. Because yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, Monica that's like not promising, but yeah, a, an amazing career. What would have been amazing, historic yep. career. She would have won. She would have won so many masters because she was such a different kind of athlete at that time that yeah. she would have put it so far out of reach and psychologically it killed her. She could not have her back to that crap. Yes. No. And so. again, and, and this, this is a guy who did not serve a day in prison yeah. for that. I just pulled up an article about it from two years ago. Yeah. This guy is not going to be charged with the felony. Uh, the guy. Oh, yeah. So here, well, well, well I was going to do one more thing real quick. Um, okay. So, it says here, the YouTube theater venue hosting the upcoming Netflix as a joke shows released a statement saying the YouTube theater has a robust venue security at all of our events and is dedicated to providing safe, comfortable, and enjoyable entertainment experience. We follow a clear bag policy and require guests to walk through magnometers prior to, so I guess metal detectors, uh, prior to entering the venue. Um, I don't think that's enough. I mean, this guy had a, had a you know, a, 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 essentially a rubber gun. Right, that he, uh, you know, he snuck through. Yeah, and thankfully he got what he deserved from a physical standpoint. The problem is he could have done some serious damage. And it, it's with this idea of, and again, the idea he's not going to be charged with felony. Yeah, this is that whole no consequences thing. We've been seeing this in other things, right. in other instances where idiots are just going in stores and just stealing hundreds and or thousands or tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. People, yeah, it happened here in Cincinnati. Those people get ago. caught; they're going to get charged because it was in Kenwood. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that is so true. The prosecutors determined that while criminal criminal conduct occurred, the evidence as presented did not constitute a felony conduct. Conduct. I'm sorry, but like. It's trespassing. It's an assault. Like the fact that assault is now like considered a misdemeanor. Like I kind of want to just go to go to go to L.A. and like just like go Antifa hunting. Yeah, I mean it's like I want to make it, like a whole like video series of it. Like you know Brad Pitt's character uh, Arlo, uh, what's his name in Inglorious Bastards, like. Oh, Aldo, my, Aldo Ray. Aldo Ray, yeah. I want some scalps. You each owe me 30 <laughs> Antifa scalps. And I want my scalps. <laughs> I mean, we could, I mean, I could gather like 10 guys and like go out and do that. And it'd be fun. And it would be a, it would be a terrific public service to America. Anyway, but the fact that they're doing this, and then it's even said that with the misdemeanor that they don't charge, they don't, they don't try misdemeanors. It's a fine. But. That being said, this dude is in jail on a $30,000 bond um, as of the recording. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, like, it's, what, like what, what is this? What is mom? The guy's name was Isaiah Lee, by the way. And it's a shame that his name is Isaiah, but 23 year old suspect. Um, he was apprehended at the venue. They, eventually handed him over to LAPD. Now, I will say, the pictures of him when he was handed over to LAPD, um, which is in my stories Phenomenal. for like another like hour or two, if you guys, well, no, I'll, maybe I'll just repost it. But if you play stupid, actually, I'm going to just read exactly what I wrote because um, I wasn't pulling punches. <laughs> Oops. 
but yeah, it's uh, where is it? Oh, it's gone. Dang it. Um, essentially, I said if you you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, and that this motherfucker should have, like he's lucky he got out of there alive, and a cuck like Will Smith is the reason for this. And the fact that they let Will Smith go again, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm never not gonna harp on this. I'm not a Will Smith fan anymore. I used to love Will mm-hmm. Smith. I thought Will Smith was great. I think Will Smith is mentally ill now. I think uh, Jada broke him, and he needs to get help. And he shouldn't be in the public eye for maybe like five or ten years, which we have talked about that already. Um, mm-hmm. Like he definitely shouldn't be acting. He definitely shouldn't be like going to events and things like that. If someone dies he- on stage. It is directly on him and the Oscars for letting him get away with millionaire privilege. Yes. And it's and it has I, nothing to do with white or black. It's the fact and I, I, that he's a perceived Hollywood elite. And I love how you said that. I, you said that a few minutes ago, and, you, and you re, you're reiterating this now. This is not about uh, race. This is about privilege. And it's like, um, like the guy looked Hispanic. Like who attacked Dave Chappelle? So now imagine if it had been a white guy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, and you know, this—it's just—it's infuriating. It really is infuriating to to see this happen, especially to happen to Dave, because Dave Chappelle is like—I mean, he got kind of jacked. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen him in person. Like, he's actually kind of big. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's also got a little bit of a belly, but like, you know, he's he's got some guns on him. But like he is not trained to fend off someone with a knife. Yeah. You know? Like he mm-hmm. could have died. He could have been hurt. Oh, absolutely. The, the and fact that's that why his security didn't kill this guy, I'm shocked. And that's what that's going into there has to be extreme consequences. That's why you know what? When when you see people run onto the field, for example, yeah, I laugh. But you know when I laugh harder is when they get hit, like and knocked out of their shoes. Because you need you need people to be afraid to do something. I will yeah. say you you should be afraid to get on to get on stage yeah. and try to attack. You should be absolutely terrified that I'm gonna get like my face caved in or a bullet to my brain. Because yeah. and if not, like when you talk like to you pitcher, said, you should expect to get tackled when you're crossing when you're rounding third. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry, man. I, was, I like I take the pitcher side in that. Um, I I absolutely don't. I know you don't. That was a great tackle. Like, it was a great that was a great tackle. Like that was some NFL great team tackle. needs to put him on special teams. Uh, like I will give like, him all the credit yeah. for that. That I mean that was textbook. Yeah. I mean imagine textbook. imagine that dude on special teams running down a, like, a punt return. <laughs> like just yeah. So I mean he got the right so, yeah. angle anyway. But back to yeah this. everything. But like, yeah it, it's. There needs to be consequences. Yeah. They need to be severe mm-hmm. and they need to be uncompromising when you do something like this, right. because that's the only way idiots learn. Idiots learn. And again, I was just talking about that, you know, how, how dogs and animals, animals understand that one thing all animals understand pain. Yeah. They understand pain. If you understand not, not necessarily consequences, but if you see a, a knucklehead that gets on stage and, and has his throat caved in, yeah. You're going to be, even if you are a little crazy yourself, you're going to have, you're going to think twice about that. Oh shit. So this and that's, Netflix is a joke mm-hmm. is like, it's Netflix's biggest foray into live event programming. So they, they, they're, 
There are 250 events in Los Angeles that happen between April 23rd and May 8th when this episode comes out. So taking a place taking place across various venues, including the Hollywood Bowl, Dodger Stadium, the Improv, and the Laugh Factory. Um, the Comedy Fest boasts sets from the biggest names in the industry, Dave Letterman, John Mulaney, Bill Burr, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, and then there's other names who I don't think are funny, so I'm not going to mention them. Um, oh, Pete Davidson, who is uh, hilarious tattooing uh, Kanye's kids' names on his on initials on his neck. So he really did do that? Yeah, he was mentally ill. Um, remember when people were mentally ill and like they'd go to like homes and, and get help, and now we just send them to Hollywood to be in movies? Oh man, I mean that's all I can say. It's just, it's just, yeah. Shake my head moment. So here's the thing: the only way this is gonna stop is when someone dies, whether it's the person rushing the stage or a performer. And when it yeah. to stop it, they're going to brook they're going to crack down and they're going to do what Cincinnati did when the after the the whole thing with the who in the 70s where all those people got trampled to death. They're going to mm-hmm. do no more general admission seating. Yeah. And it's going to be just a horrible experience. Well, it's it's very similar to when you have a, a lot of times you have areas uh, on streets and they don't put a stop sign or they don't put up a, a light in, until there, there are several accidents yeah. where common sense would tell you, okay, this area right here, I could see X, Y, or Z happening. Yeah. We need to, we need to be proactive. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be the pre vendors, not the Avengers. Uh, I like that. The pre vendors. <laughs> what was that from? Uh, in game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Anyway. But yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's a thing. It needs to stop. It needs, like, you know... With everything happening in this world politically, like with the Supreme Court and in the first ever leaked document, um, I do have strong feelings about the person that leaked that. They should be hung Mm -hmm. on the White House lawn. Um for everyone to see, and then crows can peck out their eyes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I mean, those DC pigeons, they'd feed on that for a few hours, and those bones would be picked clean. I bet you those things, if you break a leg somewhere in an alley, yeah. I bet you they'd eat you, eat, eat your skin <laughs> yeah. off the bones. The, the pigeons will just eat you alive. I'm all over my camera. What, what, what's going on? Why are all these birds? Ow, 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 Talk ow. about no fear. Yeah. Dude, it's like the Miami squirrels. Oh really? Do you remember the squirrels in college? Yeah. They oh, the my yeah. Yeah, they yeah. just come sit on your foot and look at you. And be like, yeah, I, yeah. Get, give me your sandwich. And sometimes <laughs> they had like a little knife, and it's like, what are you doing? Um, where did you even get that? Did you forge that yourself, buddy? Homemade shit, right? Just like you know, it had like tape around it. It's like, all right, he he obviously stole an exacto knife from a lab. He got some <laughs> some kind of like string from like like uh, the textiles class or, or whatever, and, and and now here he is trying to trying to stab me, maybe cut my Achilles. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> good thing I can punt the little <laughs> fucker. Um, 
But yeah, it's just, I mean, this is horrible. And the fact that, that the district attorney's office does not prosecute misdemeanor crimes within the city of Los Angeles. People in LA, quit voting for those fuckers. Quit doing it. Quit. Absolutely. Cut it out. Use your yeah. head. Crime is a problem. Like, everything cannot be solved with like, oh, well, I don't want someone to go to jail. Guess what? The people who deserve to go to jail don't go to jail now in Los Angeles. Yep. And you're seeing the, well, not just Los Angeles, California oh, in yeah. general. Look at look at San Francisco. Yeah. So, I mean, but, these people yeah. are so incivil, incivil, uncivil, whatever. Um, like you had the guy saying like, I'm not, I'm not saying like, this is like anything other than a thought exercise, but someone should assassinate some people on the Supreme court. And it's like, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. They should not. Yeah. See, fact, that, that's an example. How, how are you allowed to say this and still be on Twitter? How are you allowed to say this and yeah. have the FBI busting down your door and putting you in handcuffs and taking, you they have done that for Guantanamo less. Bay. They did it to James O'Keefe. Yes. For being They've a done reporter. They've done it for far less. For, who is protected by the First Amendment. We are reporting on this. We are protected by the First Amendment to say what we want to say about this. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, we are a tiny little independent media outlet who has been a little inconsistent with episodes lately. <laughs> but yes. it does not change the fact that we <laughs> report on stuff and we talk about it and we do our research and we use sources and we use sources from the left. Yep, and we, we 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 debunk them when they're wrong, and we call them out when they're wrong. And this is wrong. Everything about this story is wrong. The fact that this guy isn't going to be rotting in a jail cell for the next ten years is wrong, because there's no consequences, and people are going to go after comedians. And I'm sorry, but we have two very small clubs here in Cincinnati, both of which, from the back of the room, I'm not even oh, that man. fast anymore. I could make it to the stage of Go Bananas in less than two seconds and have my members on stage. And I would never, Absolutely. ever do that. I would never, ever, ever do that. But I also, when I did my sets in New York, I had a guy try to rush to stage, and luckily there was a bouncer there. I mean, maybe yeah, I it's... shouldn't have made fun of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But like... You know, maybe I deserve to get smack in the face like Chris Rock did. No, I didn't because his wife was uh, trying to heckle me and I informed her that it was not a participatory event, kind of like when his, her husband has sex with him. <laughs> he did not find that funny because I maybe insinuated that she just laid there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I pretty much flat out said she just laid there because it wasn't a participatory event. But you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, no, like, this is not okay. I mean, I, I've seen people rush stages at comedy shows, and the comic has had to, like, use the mic stand to defend themselves. Like, someone like you who knows how to swing a baseball bat, the base of that mm -hmm. mic stand, you're cracking somebody's skull. Yeah, and I'm not stopping that one. Well, yeah, I mean, because you're a psycho, but, you know, I get it. Anyway, no, but, like, it, all jokes aside, this is wrong. Um mm -hmm. The, the fact that the DA referred this to the city of Los Angeles, knowing that it will not prosecute misdemeanor crimes. So, yeah, like, he, it, he'll get charged with a misdemeanor. He'll get a fine. Yeah. You know, this 23-year-old about his wife. The fine should be $10 million. Ruin his life. Ruin him financially. Oh, Bonish absolutely. Every wage he ever gets for the rest of his life. Absolutely. And I, mean, and I, I do think well. The same. I don't think I've made a million dollars in my career. 
Well, I, I, I agree. And this is something that, and you've, you know, you know, when uh, the whole, the whole Tim pool thing being doxxed and, uh, oh, yeah. or not doxxed, but, um, swatted, uh, swatted. I, I've been hearing about this stuff, you know, over the past six, seven years, mm-hmm. because, you know, in the gaming world, these guys, guys do that. A couple people have been shot and killed because of that, yeah. because they got swatted yeah. and you're playing a game and, and the cops come in. You have no idea what's going on. They hear all this no, it's the, gun the, stuff these going people, on. They've gone to the door to see what was going on outside. Yeah. And even before somebody got killed, I like when I first heard stories of like that, mm-hmm. my first thought was that people, if you find out who did that, they should go to jail and they should be fined an exorbitant amount, even if no one gets hurt, right. because you have to make examples because if you don't, things happen like people get killed right. and you're absolutely right. It's only a matter of time before. And again, it could happen this year, next year. It doesn't matter when it's going right. to happen right. unless somebody says, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to punish these people, people that do this to the fullest extent. We're going to make an example out of them for anyone else who has even an inkling of an idea to do this, mm-hmm. that right. you have to go, go that route. Yep. A hundred percent. All right. I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, thanks for listening and listening to our rant. Uh, let us know what you think about this. Is, are you okay with people rushing the stage? I hope you're not. If you are, tell me why. Give me a good reason and I'll listen to it. Um, you know, this isn't like change my mind or anything because I'm never going to change my mind about it. But like, I, I don't think violence against anyone is ever the right answer. So um, unless it's against a pedophile in jail, then you know, all bets are off. But um, but yeah, it, it's just. Yeah. Anyway, any last words? Nope, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for listening we'll be back next week um we're gonna try and do a moon night like little retrospective i still have to watch the finale um and we'll we're gonna get to outer range eventually yeah we'll just be end up talking about the whole season as a whole since it's only eight episodes right. and i think six are out already um, yeah eight come I, they might they, the last two might come out tonight yeah so. as of recording so yeah um so anyway thank you guys for listening uh Thanks for for hanging out for a week while we were while we were indisposed and we will see you next time later. See ya. The Infamous podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. The show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.